you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, everybody, what's going on? DJ here with my pal, Rhett Lewis, today. Bucky, I believe, is he still north of the border, Rhett? He's coaching him up up there in Canada right now. Yeah, he was uh, He was all excited to go up there and learn a little bit from June Jones, and then uh, and then June kind of jumped ship, and he's back down. Uh, he's coaching the XFL <laughs> now, right? So down down, uh, down back here with us. But I think uh, Bucky's, always, Buck? yeah, Bucky's always out there absorbing stuff, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. And, and something that Bucky's doing is always trying to learn and grow, yeah. which uh, leads me to our guest on today's podcast, oh, Ken Coleman, who is the uh, author of The Proximity Principle. It's a new book out there uh, right now. It's doing extremely well in the business section. He's done a lot of work with leaders, not only in the business community, but in, in the sports world as well. He's also become uh, a good personal friend. So we're going to have him on the show to talk about what The Proximity Principle is, how it relates to the National Football League, and some of the th- lessons he's learned from talking to some of the top leaders in business as well as sport and then we've got a fun little uh, a fun little tag team uh, game coming up here right yeah you explain that I, one? i'm interested in that uh, a, a lot because i love these these kind of lists that give us a sense of what to expect from a certain team because uh, we're going to combine off-season acquisition for a veteran player either in free agency or trade with a draft pick and kind of just see what our favorite tag teams, our favorite tandems of veterans and rookies. And uh, as we go forward here into 2019, and we've each got a top five with some uh, surprises, some surprises in there. So uh, that that also yeah, good luck getting for good luck, good luck getting that song out of your head, pal. Oh yeah, come tag on, man, team. tag good team, luck. let's do oh, it. Yeah. Tag me in, come uh, on. We're gonna have some fun. Yes, we're going to get there in just a second again. Uh, Ken Coleman coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, you're going to enjoy that conversation. Trust me. And then also at the end, we'll finish it up. 
more impressive dynasty as we get to the NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors, New England Patriots. I don't think it's much of a contest, but we'll have that chat uh, after the Ken Coleman interview. What do you say? Let's uh, let's start things off with our top tag teams, addition sure. of a free agent as well as a draft pick. Why don't you start us off with your number five, then I'll go number five. We'll piggyback back and forth. Deal. So we'll start from the bottom and hit the top. So my number five is the LA Rams and the addition of Eric Weddle, safety, coming over from the Ravens uh, in free agency, and then also drafting Taylor Rapp. So the Rams traded out of the 31, uh, the number 31 overall pick in the first round, moved down. I think they ended up getting Rapp at 61 uh, or in the 60s. And the, the safety out of Washington, you know, it kind of ran a little bit of a slower 40 time, and maybe that's why he ended up down there. But Sean McVay said that he would have been comfortable taking him at 31. That's how strongly they felt about the player. End up getting him in the second round, and now he's got an opportunity to be there with Eric Weddle and with another you know, top young safety in the league in John Johnson. So I think Rap has some versatility to kind of allow himself to be on the field with those guys at the same time, if they so choose. So that's really interesting to me. And that's why I put them there at number five. Yeah, to me, he's uh, he's going to be their nickel linebacker. Is yeah, what he's going to be he's exactly. going to be out there in their sub defense. He'll be playing in that linebacker role, uh, and it's one of the best tacklers in the draft. I love that uh, that pickup, and then Eric Weddle can kind of be the captain. You know, one of the most exactly. underrated qualities when you're evaluating a safety. We always talk about instincts being number one. Uh, communication is huge back there, and that is something Eric Weddle is known for. Not only his ability to communicate calls in the back end, but also to mess with the communication and the uh, the designation <laughs> right. from the quarterback position, being able to size disguise coverages bounce around and play that cat and mouse game he's going to be able to do that with uh, with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and uh, as well as Jimmy Garoppolo inside that division it's going to be fun to watch that defense uh, number five for me I'm going to go to another safety addition, but it's the Baltimore Ravens uh, bringing in Earl Thomas to replace Eric Weddle, who they lost and pairing him up on the offensive side with their first round pick and Hollywood Brown and when you look at this team we set it a bunch in the run-up to the draft. They are going to build a track team. And we've talked about that offensively around Lamar Jackson, all the speed that they've added. And then look at what they've done defensively. Different player than Eric Weddle. Uh, Earl Thomas, to me, the best range of any high safety we've seen in the last 10-plus years. So you're going to yeah. get that speed and that range from the middle of the field on defense and be able to generate some turnovers. Hopefully you can stay healthy. And then offensively, physical run 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 well there's nothing more frustrating when i'm watching football to see a team run it down people's throats and then when they go play action complete a 10-yard pass pay that off you've done all the work pay that off over the top and that's what hollywood's going to be able to do i i mean i love that and the ravens will make an appearance on my list here uh shortly but i'll get us to number four and for me that is in San Francisco with the 49ers trading for D Ford from the Chiefs to get him for a second round pick, then end up giving him a big time contract extension. And then they draft Nick Bosa at number two overall. So I think on the surface, you see this, you're like, oh, they're getting the edge pressure finally. A team that, you know, bottom third in the league in sacks last year now has some pressure off the edge. And yes, obviously, that is a huge deal. But I'm more so talking about the turnovers. This team was last enforcing turnovers as a defense. They forced just 22 all season long. Historically bad. Yeah, yeah, really, really bad. And so you look at a guy in D Ford who Next Gen Stats has tracked as a player responsible for creating the most turnovers by an individual in football last year. I'm talking about seven forced fumbles and then 
kind of attributing him three interceptions as a result of his pressure. So forcing a bad throw or an errant throw or bad decision and resulting in a turnover uh, by way of interception. So you're already upping it there. And then, you you know, you get the tag team with both off the edge. You get the sacks, too. I mean, that that is a huge, big play addition to me for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I do love that one. I think that's uh, that's a rock solid one. They're going to make a, uh, a and you throw Quan Alexander in there too. So uh, you know that's another turn. Yeah, he's going to get a chance yeah. to clean up behind yeah. all the destruction they're going to create up front. Uh, I'm going to go number four for me sure. and go to the line of scrimmage with the Detroit Lions and Trey Flowers. Really, the bell of the ball of free agency. Uh, yeah. Somebody that can get after the quarterback, but also can set the edge in the run game. Give him a real physical presence off the edge in Matt Patricia's defense. And then you go on the offensive side of the ball in the draft and get both of our favorite players uh, yeah. in this year's draft, T.J. Hawkinson from Iowa, who, again, line of scrimmage-wise, be able to uh, generate some movement in the run game. You can run behind him. It's like playing with a third tackle out there. And then third down in red zone, doesn't get any bigger than that for Matt Stafford. He's got a new toy here. And T.J. Hawkinson, that to me is number four on the list. I, I think that's fantastic. And I think the other piece of it is familiarity there because because I think you're getting player and prototype that that structure in Detroit with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are familiar with, you know, a Gronk ish kind of player in Hawkinson. And then also a guy that they already know is what they want in Trey flowers coming over from new England. So that that's, that's a a really good choice there at number three. um, I have, I'm going to the Ravens this time, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave Earl Thomas out of it. I'm going to talk about Hollywood Brown as you did same reasons. He gives them an opportunity then to win. If, if someone's committing to stop in the run game, boom, you hit it out to Hollywood, let him go. Or you taught, you get it out to him deep and, and you make people respect your, your deep passing so that they can't come up and try to stifle a guy like Mark Ingram, who they went out and got in free agency. A guy who said that he thinks that they are going to change the game. Talking about the Ravens offense. I mean, that, that is some uh, that's some lofty stuff right that's there. Bold. But look, he's going to get more opportunities this year than I think he ever got with the Saints, which is going to be fun to watch. So they were my number three. Yeah, I'm, yeah my number three, and you've already taken all the good points. Uh, D Ford <laughs> there you go. and uh, Nick Bosa. They're not Deal. only to uh, rush the quarterback, but generate some turnovers as well. Uh, don't need to go any, any sure. further on that one, but I love that mix of what they bring to that defense. Again, DeForest Buckner. Oh, man, I, I yeah. think this is the year finally. I think I know the league knows about him and the league appreciates him, but I think we're going to see this year uh, the rest of the uh, the media world embrace DeForest Buckner and just how good he is. I've compared him uh, to what Calais Campbell is at his best. I think DeForest Buckner can be that, and I think he is that. No no question, and uh, he, I think you mentioned him as your most underrated player uh, in football on the defensive yep. side of the ball just uh, last week. So I'm actually going to give you the floor here because we both agree here at number two. It's the Raiders, and it's Antonio Brown and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and I almost went with uh, with Trent Brown here as the addition <laughs> instead of Antonio Brown. But to me, it's it's all about what they've done offensively, and, and and Josh Jacobs providing that physicality that you know John Gruden wants to have. You know that's why he, even though Marshawn was at the end of his career, why Gruden was excited to have Marshawn Lynch because the physicality with which he runs, and Josh Jacobs can give you that as well as some of the younger Marshawn Lynch ability to be able to split out, to be able to get him out in the route and, and use him offensively, and then also 
you look at Antonio Brown, uh, this is a team minus uh, Cooper. And Cooper, again, well, that's another conversation for another day, was not the same guy uh, the last couple years in yeah. Oakland as the guy we saw show up in Dallas. But now they've got a premier player. Antonio Brown, you get some of the uh, the sideshow that comes yeah. along with it, but there's no mistake, and he is a top five wide out. So you put him together on that offense with Josh Jacobs. That, to me, is, is number two on the list. Yep, and it was for me as well, Antonio Brown and Josh Jacobs. So at number one, we both differed. We both have different selections, and then mm. our selections didn't appear on like my number one isn't even in your top five and your number one isn't <laughs> on in my, my top five. So this is, uh, this is, this is also pretty interesting. I'll give you my number one. It's the Denver Bronco, Denver Broncos, Joe Flacco coming over via trade from the Ravens to be the new starting quarterback for the Broncos. And then Noah Fant, who the Broncos trade down uh, from number 10 down to uh, what was it? Number 21 or 20 there with the Steelers. And uh, I can't believe he was there. I know. I know. And so they get a player that they might have considered at 10 and they get him down there in the 20s uh, with Noah Fant. So to me, this comes down to the Broncos stagnant as an offense the last couple of years. They were 24th in scoring and 28th on third down. That screams Noah Fant to me. Okay, I mean, as explosive as a tight end as we've seen in, in this class and in the last couple of classes, 18 touchdowns the last two years. But then Joe Flacco just for whatever reason feels so much more comfortable with that type of game, right? Dennis Pitta. Right. His, <laughs> his last full season as a starter in Baltimore in 2017, he completed 99 passes to tight ends. I mean, that's top five usage among all quarterbacks. So that just fit to me perfectly. And I love the way the Broncos went out and got it. Yeah, I think some of that rep might be the fact I don't know if they had a wide receiver. They had receiver a wide out. Yeah, that's part of it. Receiver the last five, five years for uh. the Baltimore Ravens, a team filled with tight ends. Uh, to me, the number one, again, we're not even uh, – didn't show up on your list. Yours didn't show up on mine. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Jets. C.J. Mosley coming over from the Baltimore Ravens to be really the uh, the heart and soul of that defense right in the middle. Not only going to provide somebody that can fill against the run, somebody that can cover, uh, but the leadership that you want from that middle linebacker yeah. position, he's going to bring that. And then the guy that's going to be lining up in front of him, Quinnen Williams, who to me it was a 1A, 1B in terms of who the best player was in this year's draft. I, I had no complaint whatsoever if you had Quinnen Williams as the top guy. He was number two uh, for me. But Quinnen Williams getting to play next to Leonard Williams and C.J. Mosley behind him, and then behind them you have Jamal Adams. Uh, with Greg Williams and all the chaos, he can generate. It's going to be fun to watch this Jets defense, and I just love the addition. C.J. Mosley pairing with Quinnen Williams, to me, uh, that's the top tag team uh, that we're talking about in this year. You know, and I think a lot was made about uh, the reports out there that Adam Gase didn't want to pay C.J. Mosley that much. I think that's that's BS, for lack of a better word. Uh, Adam Gase is going to love I think it was called out as C.J. Mosley. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, it's almost like the set it, set it and forget it kind of philosophy there. You know, him dealing with the offense, he, he knows that that defense is going to be running right with C.J. Mosley there. So great one. No doubt. Uh, well, there you go. Fun little uh, game there. Uh, tag team additions. Feel yes. free to lob us some tweets and let us know who we missed. Uh, what what uh, tag Save team your fastballs for DJ, list. please. Thank uh, you. At, yeah, give me your Twitter handle. Again, yeah, at, I like to get at you at Rhett NFL. Yeah, I get that, that four follower bump every time. It's going to be great in a couple of years. Right, so that's why we're here. Don't say, don't say we didn't do anything for you. Um, all right, before we get to our final topic of the day, talking Warriors and Patriots, Trust me, you're going to enjoy yes. this interview. A guy I've got to know very well over the last several years. Um, a name that you, if you don't know him already, get to know him, and uh, you're going to really enjoy our conversation. Uh, here's our conversation with our special guest. 
All right, Rhett. Well, I'm always excited when we get guests on the on the Move the Six podcast, but I'm not. I can't think of a time where I've been more excited than this one because not only a guest but a good friend, Ken Coleman, is joining the show. Ken Coleman, the host of the Ken Coleman Show, you can find that, as well as the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, which we've referenced uh, several times here on the Move the Sticks podcast, and the author of the number one selling book, business section of the Wall Street Journal, The Proximity Principle. Uh, Ken, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for taking some time for us today. I'm doing great and thrilled to be with both of you guys. Well, I think uh, give people a little bit of background on our relationship. Yeah. One of the, the neat things about social media, and Rhett, you know this as well as anybody, uh, can be kind of a brutal place. You get a lot of you got a lot of trolls on there. You get a lot of negative feedback. But what you also do is you get an opportunity to connect with people uh, that can help you grow in, in what you're trying to do in life, and you make some good friends. And, Ken, that's how, uh, that's how our relationship started. I think cool. just a tweet, and then next thing you know, we're following each other, and it's uh, developed a nice little relationship for us. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because it's also a place where you can root for other people that are like-minded. And uh, when we connected via that Entree Leadership Podcast that you were listening, I was honored and uh, immediately realized that we uh, uh, knew a lot of the same people. And I loved your story. I knew that you were working your way up and and uh, great things were happening <laughs> in your career. So it was really fun to just follow along and, and cheer for you. And then we got the chance to meet each other eventually. So uh, I like those kind of stories from social media because I yeah. think <laughs> that is what they're really truly meant to do is to provide connections. Can I was just about to say it's all about the connections uh, on social media, the, the positive ones for sure. And, and Ken, uh, DJ mentioned the book, The Proximity Principle. And, and for those out there that are listening that are eager to dive in and to see what's in those pages, give us a, a taste of what the proximity principle really means. Yeah, the proximity principle is a timeless truth. And it says that in order to do what you want to do, we're talking about work and career here, in order to do what you want to do, You've got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it is happening. So in other words, it's a simple formula. If you put yourself around the right people and you put yourself in the right places, opportunity will present itself. And that's what we all want. We want opportunity. You think about America and the American dream and why people to this day are just doing everything they can. They'll risk their their future, their lives to get to this country. It's because of the opportunity that America provides. And so if you put yourself around the right people and in the right places, I liken it to being at a train station where if you show up, you know that the train that you need is coming. And uh, I, I think this principle is so helpful and hopeful for people when they realize, wait a second, I can find the right people. I can identify the right places and I can certainly be diligent to show up and stay there. Yeah, I love the book. It is a fantastic read. And Ken, one of the things you, you get an opportunity to do uh, on the Entree Leadership Podcast, you're talking to some of the best leaders in the country. I'm talking billionaires, millionaires, yeah. as well as some of the top people in sport. Uh, I've got a chance to, you know, I got a chance to see you at an Entree Leadership event where you interviewed Peyton Manning. We talked about that on the podcast a couple weeks ago. You've talked with Coach K. The list goes on and on. And, and when I read this book, I, I tried to put it into a, a football context and an NFL context. Yeah. And one of the, the themes that kind of came to me was coaching trees. 
We talk about coaching trees all the time where you look at somebody like a Mike Holmgren and look at how many coaches have come from underneath him. People are trying to find people that have been in proximity uh, to some of these great minds. Sean McVay right now is kind of the hot name. And and so I was thinking if you're a prospective coach in the NFL and you look at an opportunity, maybe to take a lesser role but in the right place around the right people, maybe you should be an – it's better off to be a tight end coach under Sean McVay than maybe it would be to be an offensive coordinator under somebody that might not be going anywhere. That's kind of where my mind went when I was uh, reading the book. Well, that's exactly what it is. In fact, if you look at what we're talking about today in the context of the NFL Network, we're talking about coaching and we're talking about broadcasting. And if you look at those two industries, uh, any industry is this way. But those two industries are wonderful examples of getting yourself around the right people in the right places so that you get noticed, you get the opportunity to learn what you need to learn, you get the opportunity to do it, and then the opportunity to connect. And that's what proximity does. It allows us to learn, do Connect. So if you think about that for a moment, yeah. that is a prescription for success and a prescription for longevity. If every day you're learning, every day you're doing, and every day you're connecting, I'm telling you right now, you'll never have to worry about opportunity or progress. And you're absolutely right. If I'm a guy who wants to make it the NFL, I'm looking at the coaches that everybody else thinks is hot. And I'm going in and I'm going to work <laughs> in the film room. You know, let's let's cross the aisle to the NBA. The second longest tenured coach in the NBA right now is a guy by the name of Eric Spolstra for the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And this guy came in under Pat Riley, and his story is well known. You can look it up. But he was in it literally like a dungeon-like room watching film, <laughs> editing that film, cutting it, putting it together, and he never saw the light of day. And this is a guy who put himself in proximity or one of the great coaches of all time with Pat Riley. And now look at how long his tenure has been. And uh, there, there's no crazy secret here. It's just get yourself where you want to be. And, Daniel, you bring up a very good point. You've got to be willing to step in at an entry level. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Put your time in for free if necessary. I got started out uh, volunteering three hours for three days a week at an ESPN radio affiliate in Atlanta. And I was getting sprite uh, for guys that were making half of what I was making in my own business, but it didn't matter because those relationships allowed me to meet more people and get some real experience. And most importantly, to confirm where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And that's the power of proximity. Oh, I love that. I'd love to share just a quick personal story on that note, because you mentioned, you know, broadcasting uh, in sports as, as two places where you've seen it happen. I started my broadcasting career in Lubbock, Texas, which in the television yeah. markets is like, I think, 147, 150 out of 200. That, that's a number three market, right? Right, the right, right. Market? <laughs> right. But, I, you know, I was so right. I was so fortunate. Um, I was on camera every day and I was doing what I wanted to do. And it gave me an opportunity to do that. But then I was there for two years in 2008. As you know, people, companies kind of stopped hiring for a while because of what was going on. And so I was in a position where I wanted to move on and find something better, but couldn't find a job. And so I finally had to move back home with my parents in 2008. And I went and just met with a television station in New Orleans. And they said, oh, we don't have anything on camera right now, but you can come back here and be a producer if you want. So, you know, I was like, gosh, you know, I had perceived that to be a step back from what I was doing. And I was like, well, I got nothing else. I guess I'll do it. And I can't take credit for this because I didn't know what I was doing at the time because it felt like a step back to me. But I learned how to do so many other things 
that nine months later, I got a chance to go and work in Boston in a top 10 market. So, um, you know, I, I, well, I, it, me, it, it makes sense to me now, Kim. Well, but let me say something. Let me give you some credit here because you actually did do something. And this is something that people overlook. I love this example because you stayed. You yeah. stayed with it. You, you did take the step back, the perceived step right. back. But now you can look back and realize that wasn't a step back at all. That was a step forward by simply staying in the game. You could have walked away and nobody would have would have criticized you for that. In fact, it would have seemed safe and maybe even smart given the the context of that story. But the fact that you stayed with it in a different role, but stayed in the industry, well, now you look back on it, it was right. a pivotal moment. Right. In fact, I would I would say that it changed your trajectory. And so sometimes staying in the game, just staying is going to actually feel like progress because so many people quit right before the opportunity yeah. uh, comes. It's right around the corner and they can't see it. So I would tell you, uh, kudos to you. You actually did do something that you should be proud of. You stayed with it. Well, and, and I talked to, about this with DJ and I, I, at that time, the thing that I kept telling myself was, ah, wrong place, wrong time. You know, it's just this, you know, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, but based on what you, what you're coming up with here in the proximity principle, the right people in the right place, it's not an instance of fate. You actually have control over being in the right place at the right time. Absolutely, you yeah. do. You get to you get to identify who are the right people. Right. Uh, where are the right places? And then, by the way, when you step into those moments where you're around the right people, how you handle yourself? Please, please be humble. Right. Please be wild, grateful. You know, because humility and gratitude will get you a little bit of extra time, and they'll actually pay attention to you. You add the third ingredient, and that's hunger. Show some some yep. some real desire to learn and grow. And when you come in with humility and with gratitude and with hunger, I'm telling you, people of worth and people of note and people that you admire, they notice that and they want to add value to people like that. Because by the way, I hear this all the time, Ken, if I want to sit down with somebody who's much more accomplished than I am, they hardly know me, how do I offer them something? You don't have to offer them anything than those three things I just gave you. Because by doing that, showing humility, showing uh, gratitude and showing hunger, they feel valued. And is there anyone among us who doesn't love when somebody says, Hey, I really respect you. Yeah. Super grateful for your time. And uh, I want to be where you are. What could you share with me? Would you share this? Would you share this? All of a sudden they feel valuable. Thus they feel valued. And that's all you have to do. You'd be surprised how people will give you insight and make a connection for you. I've got an idea for a book as we're just sitting here talking. Oh, I think you could go through and pull out <laughs> stories of the first unpaid jobs of yeah. a lot of people that have eventually ended up in a very good spot. I mean, I, I'm just going through, just re recollecting in my mind, I, I would answer phones for Chris Mortensen at the draft, didn't oh get paid uh, while I was in college. I wanted to, I had, had wanted to pursue TV, but I wanted to be on, on air, which wasn't going to happen at that point in time. My life had to take kind of a, a windy road. But I remember uh, Mort had called me, Chris Mortensen had called me and said, hey, um, you have an opportunity. I know the producer's name is Jay Rothman. He's going to be producing the national championship game. It's down in Miami, the Orange Bowl, you can be a runner. It doesn't pay you anything. They can't put you up. Um, and, and there's so there's great. absolutely nothing you're going to get out of you're gonna. So I flew on my own dime, stayed with a college teammate down in Miami. This was the year, I think it was Florida State, Oklahoma, I believe, were playing in that game. 
All I did was run and get sandwiches for people for the whole week. Didn't earn a dollar. But then he ended up getting the job as the producer of Sunday Night Football right when I graduated. Remembered that I had done some stuff for him. Called me and gave me a job right out of college to be on, on his crew. The Baltimore Ravens, the same thing. They, they asked, hey, would you be interested in scouting? I said, yeah, okay, well, can you come to the Combine? Not going to pay anything. They, they put me up, so I'll give them that. They put me up in a hotel, <laughs> and all I did was save, save seats at 5 o'clock in the morning for weigh-ins and fill the, uh, fill the room with snacks. He didn't make a dollar. So I, I think there's a lot of stories like that where people, if you're willing to just be around the right people, that's what the book is about, the proximity principle. You can kind of chase your dreams and, and make those uh, make those connections. But, but Ken, I want to hit you on this. Yeah. Um, you've talked to so many successful coaches, and, and Coach mm-hmm. K being your first interview, which is a, is a great story in and of itself. But knowing what I know about Coach Belichick and talking to people that know him, you think of somebody as accomplished as, as Coach Mike Krzyzewski at Duke or Bill Belichick with all these championships, uh, that they would be content in their knowledge. But both those guys are always putting themselves in proximity to the hot new young coaches and trying to continue to learn. Great I point. thought that was fascinating. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And, of course, we've now seen many stories written over the last 12 months about Saban and Belichick's relationship. Uh, but, you know, uh, Belichick reaches out to Urban Meyer and, you know, these guys aren't such a big deal and they don't have so much ego and so much pride that they can't realize that, hey, if I'm going to stay on top, I'm going to constantly be learning from other people who are winning. And Coach K told me that very similar story that he pays attention to the college basketball landscape every season. And he's paying attention to younger coaches uh, that are doing good things. And he calls them up uh, in the summertime and says, hey, I want to learn more about how you ran that defense or uh, what you're doing in practice. And uh, what did you do to bring all these transfers together and, and meld that mix into a cohesive team? Things like that. And, and this idea of being a lifelong learner is so important to grasp. Because the men and women that are at the top of their game, no matter what the industry, they are constantly looking to be in proximity to people and places where they can learn and continue to develop. And that's the key to longevity. That's not some crazy secret. Uh, And it's not happenstance. It's not luck. It's intentionality to constantly learn and grow. I think that's so cool. I think we see yeah, it, I, we see I, I it all the that. time. Yeah, we see it all the time in this profession where and it also has to be the other coaches have to be willing to share. So I think a lot of times in, in these businesses, we want to hold on to the things that we find successful. Right. And and yeah. and not necessarily share those and, and give that competitive edge to other people. But I think it's cool on both sides. What's so great about that is think about that. If you're open handed and the word gets out that you're open handed and you're willing to share right. Uh, that's huge. But also just think about it. Are you going to be the guy that doesn't answer Coach K's questions <laughs> right. yeah, or Bill no. Belichick's questions? Because here's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. When they're when they're asking me questions, I'm going to give them what they want. And then I'm firing three or four back at them because I've got them. Right. So that's a really key point that you mm-hmm. make. I love that. And uh, uh, look, we could talk We could talk to you all day long sure again. Could. One of my favorites. Go buy the book, The Proximity Principle. Uh, listen to the Entree Leadership Podcast. Where can they find the Ken Coleman Show, by the way, Ken? Yeah, so uh, all the details are at KenColeman.com, but we're live every day on SiriusXM channel 121 at 2 Eastern. So that's channel 121, SiriusXM. If you don't have SiriusXM, great news. We take each daily live show, we put it out in podcast form that afternoon. So however you listen to podcasts, whether it be Google Play or Apple Podcasts, you can get the Ken Coleman Show. 
I love it. All right. Well, uh, this is one of the projects I, I gave you a, a really small heads up on this right before you came <laughs> on because we want to have some fun with you here. And look, you on the Entree Leadership Podcast, you're talking to, again, leaders of industry. Uh, I mean, I could go on and list everybody you've talked to, but some of the smartest, brightest minds in business as well as uh, in every field. Um, but I want to go through some famous lines and some famous audio clips we've all heard from Super Bowls. And I'm going to challenge you here to come away with a leadership takeaway, what we can learn from them. And the, the first one is maybe my favorite audio clip in Super Bowl history. Uh, this <laughs> is an audio clip. It's a story told by Harris Barton. This is a Super Bowl 49ers trailing 16 to 13, a game they would go on to win on a drive led by Joe Montana. We've all seen it. We've all seen it and we've all heard it. Uh, this is Harris Barton talking about what Joe Montana was saying in the huddle before that famous drive. It was the tensest time that you could ever have as a football player. You know, this is a Super Bowl, and you're down. And Joe looks at me, and he, he goes, hey, uh, hey, H. And I go, what? And he goes, he goes, hey, check it out. And I go, what? And he goes, look down there in the other end zone. And I go, okay. He goes, you see him? And I go, no. He goes, there's John Candy down there in the end zone. And sure enough, the whole huddle turns around, and looks down there, and there's John Candy eating popcorn at the, at the other end of the stadium. And I'm like, yeah, that is John Candy. Look at that. And then the official blows a whistle, and the, and the play starts. <laughs> I love How great that. is that, Ken? So what, it, what's your take incredible. away? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, that unearthly calm is what was going on there. Mm-hmm. He's so calm in the moment that he's just – observing who's in the end zone and sees John Candy and he's so relaxed, he makes the statement. But what causes that? So the leadership lesson there is relentless preparation leads to reflexive performance. I'll say it again, relentless preparation. He had practiced these two minute drills or these type of come from behind uh, drives so many times uh, in practice, physically, also mentally. And I would suggest that he probably practiced emotionally. And so when the moment came, he was relaxed, blow the whistle, let's go. And so he's so calm because he's prepared relentlessly so that he can be reflexive. And he's not thinking about anything in that moment other than, oh, there's John Candy. When are we going to snap this ball? I'm ready to win this game. And that's the lesson. Uh, and, and a great lesson indeed. And you love to have those guys on your team that are willing to lighten the mood in the toughest moments and, and just make you realize, hey, let's just go out and do what we've been preparing to do. Uh, speaking of, right. of, of doing your job, uh, I want to I want to play a couple of clips from, I mean, arguably the best coach in NFL history and Bill Belichick now uh, author of six Super Bowl wins with the Patriots. Here's two different mantras that you'll notice from Belichick during two separate postseasons. First uh, from the 2014 uh, regular season, the postseason that followed it when they came back and beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And then uh, two years ago when they beat the Falcons uh, came back and beat them in the Super Bowl. So these are a couple of clips here from Bill Belichick. Let's listen up. Look fellas, it's just about doing our job. Just cover your man. Do what you're supposed to do. We try to make too many plays, and we're not doing what we're supposed to do. No days off. 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 Go pass. So, can can ironically, the no days off chant came on a day off um, yes. during, the, during the parade. <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll get there. But getting back to do your job, it's a great one, but it's so simple. 
Yeah, I love this. This the leadership lesson here is as leaders, you've got to make sure to remind your people, your team, that there's a very clear role that you need them to play, which means it starts way back in training camp. It starts when you sign with the team and you say, this is what we need you to do to help us win football games. And that's what Belichick and great leaders yeah. are so good at. They're super clear on what a win looks like. And so then you take it back to that moment where he reminds them, hey, wait a second. You know what your job is. Stop trying to do other things outside of it. Stop worrying about it. <laughs> do your job. Just cover your man. And we're going to trust that if everybody does their job, that our defensive scheme, our system, and our coaches are going to do their jobs, and we're going to be in a position to make a play. But you can't make a play if you're not in position. I think that's a beautiful leadership lesson for anybody, small business all the way up to Fortune 100. And I guess leaders don't take days off, right? Is that is that what we're saying? Is that what Belichick's saying at the end? <laughs> well, so I, I, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll be very honest and transparent. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Okay. I believe that leaders need to find a place to rest every once in a while. But it sounds really good in the locker sure. room. Uh, but no, I, I would actually disagree with the no days off policy. <laughs> All right. That, that's good stuff. The one yeah. thing going back again, real quick to do your job in the book, uh, I, a couple notes I took down in the proximity principle, know your role, accept your role. And then the key was maximize yeah. your role. I think that's kind of what you were referencing there. Um, I, I love that. All right. Next one up is, uh, is Doug Peterson. This is the, uh, the epic play call that yes. ended up leading to a victory the bold call against the new england patriots a clip you've heard before but we'll uh, we'll listen to it one more time hold on hold on Fourth and one, hold on one. we're going for it right here we're going for it right here you want philly philly yeah let's do it let's do it, it. Bowles moves to the right it goes directly to clement clement reverses it and the pass goes into the end zone to nick and Foles. it's a touchdown by nick Foles. Holy smokes! What did we just see? This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I, well, I know your you, boss, uh, Dave Ramsey. But Ken, Ken, your boss, Dave Ramsey, when he talks about fear and he talks about don't be yeah. a squirrel, which I love that image, that's what I thought of when I was saying this. What, what's your takeaway from that moment and the boldness that Doug Peterson showed? Yeah, the boldness came from trust. So the leadership takeaway there is that it was high trust in his quarterback. Because I love the – it's not the Doug Peterson audio that I, I focus in on. I focus in on Foles, yeah. who looks at his coach and he says, you want to do the Philly special? Mm -hmm. And what he was saying was – and Peterson could <laughs> see it in his eyes, and he saw that my quarterback thinks that this play will work. And I love the slight pause there. You know Peterson was just kind of like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And this is a leader who <laughs> trusts his – quarterback and leaders you've got to let go at times and let your let your team instinctively perform so i think the takeaway there is huge trust and, and that trust comes across as bold but actually if you listen to that a million times i don't hear boldness in doug peterson's voice i hear Okay, let's yeah. do it. I trust you. Yeah, another another instance of calm <laughs> uh, in the in the face of a crazy situation. I thought that was neat. The other thing Absolutely. I thought was neat there was that he accepted the suggestion. You know, I think a lot of times yes. leaders like to impose their will on everyone else instead of accepting what the rest of the room wants, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, 
by both those guys, by Foles and and Peterson. All right, you want to get to the last one here, DJ? This is this is great. I mean, this is the early days of the Super Bowl era. Uh, we're talking about Vince Lombardi and and the way that he had, he set a tone for this entire league with the way that he carried himself as a leader. Let's go now. A little life out here. Let's have a little life out here. We look like we're half dead out here. Let's move a little bit. <laughs> what the hell's going on out here? If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Here we go here. Come on. Right. I want you to be proud of your profession. It's a great profession. You'd be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Go out there and play this ball game like I know you can play it. <laughs> People to look for, right? Professors and professionals. Does Vince Lombardi fit that bill? No question. No question. <laughs> and I, I love what you heard there. You know what you heard? Just some fundamental, basic belief. He was instilling in these guys belief. You know, wait a second. You guys, I expect more of you because you're not. I've seen how you can practice. I've seen how you play. we got to get some life out here. What's going on? Play the way that I know you can play. You know, there's a famous story from Lombardi. Uh, I forget who they were playing against. You guys will probably remember. But they were getting their just clocks clean. And at halftime, he walked in and uh, he had a football in his hand. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. And, you know, he just basically was like they went on to win the game. I think it was against the Redskins. But the point here is what you were hearing was just basic leadership in the idea of there are times, even though these are grown men and grown women that you're leading, they need to be reminded that you believe they can perform better and you know it because you've seen it. And that reminder that you're not performing the way that I know you could and should perform. And that is just the basic reminding, and it's a rhythm of leadership. People need to hear the attaboy, the girl. They need to know that they're not doing what's expected of them, and that still works. I love it. Uh, I, again, I could do this all day long with Ken and, uh, and go through and discuss the great leaders yeah. we've seen in the National Football League. But I, I will encourage you, again, go buy the book, Proximity Principle, hey, Deej, as well as find Ken's show. Go ahead. I have one last quick thing i, I got to ask Ken. Uh, yeah. You know, you mentioned you talk about the uh, the empires that were started, um, you know, in what some people might perceive as adverse conditions or circumstances. Talk about Bezos and Amazon and you talk about Steve Jobs and Apple starting in their garage. Right. You know, when people say, "Ah, you know, I'm not in the right place to do this. Uh, You know, in your next book, would you perhaps mention the Move the Sticks empire as another business that started with humble beginnings (laughs) in the I don't know if it was in DJ's garage, but I mean, a little credit here to to another amazing empire that belongs with that group. Right. Well, absolutely. And I'm so proud of DJ. I mean, I I mean, all seriousness, I mean, you you folks who like DJ and and this podcast, you follow these guys and you think, well, they're at a level that I could never get to in my space. Uh, I was never prouder of DJ than being in Nashville. That's our hometown. It's where I'm at right now. And seeing this guy step into no that kidding. lead role, I was watching him at home uh, step into Mike Mayock's position and, and, and do it so well. And so it seemed effortless. But I know how much preparation that you guys put into what you do. And both of you have very similar stories. And that's what I want people to hear. There is no stepping up until you step out. And many times those step those first steps are extremely humbling and you don't feel like anybody's paying attention. But again, you don't get to where you guys are if you aren't willing to make those early steps, the most humble, teeny tiny (laughs) steps, and then keep stepping. You know, this idea that your career 
is going to be this awesome sprint with trumpets behind you and everybody in the crowd cheering is a bunch of garbage. <laughs> you know, it's every day I'm shuffling many days. Right, right, you guys right. have done that. Right. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. I, I appreciate all the time that you gave us uh, today, Ken. Uh, again, you've been a, uh, a huge help to me just in, in my personal growth. I'm trying to trying to learn and trying to grow and, and getting a chance to listen to you and, and the conversations you do. If you, if you are somebody, that, by the way, that wants to get into media and, and want to know how to interview someone, uh, go listen to Ken. Go listen mm. to the Entree Leadership Podcast and go back through and, and listen to him interview folks because I believe you are uh, the top interview viewer in the game today and and sports business doesn't matter nobody does it better than you do and uh, i've been a huge encouragement to me uh, on my journey so i appreciate your time buddy and uh and we look forward to catching up with you soon and let's keep this book number one on the wall street journal congratulations pleasure ken thanks guys hey i'm grateful and humbled thank you guys Oh, Rhett, that was uh, that was fun for me. Uh, Ken is somebody that's that's become a good friend, and I, I just when you get some great information and you've you've got somebody that's helped you, you want to be able to present that to our Move the Sticks audience, and I think they would uh, they'll definitely have something they can take away from that one. I absolutely, without a doubt. And look, I've kind of gotten to know what Ken Coleman's all about through you talking about him, and and I was blown away. Uh, I th- I think we might need to make the you know the assessing the uh, the. F- famous former, you know, wireds right there from the coaches that <laughs> we might need to make that a, a, a weekly deal here. Cause that, that was too good. Wow. That was a lot of fun. I'm thinking as we go through the fall and we get wired during the week, uh, we could have some more instant reaction of, yeah. of what that sound means. That would be a lot of fun. It's uh, there's so much great audio. Uh, NFL films does such a wonderful job of capturing all they the do. audio and the video uh, of the league and really tells the story there. So that was a lot of fun. Also kind of uh, leads us into our Ken. next right, segment. Before, yeah. Go, yeah, no, no doubt. We're talking about leaders, talking about winners, and uh, it doesn't get any bigger in the <laughs> basketball world than what the Golden State Warriors have done and are attempting to do here as they chase another finals uh, championship, NBA championship. But when you look at the Golden State Warriors, I, I've seen it on TV a little bit, people comparing dynasties, and you go back and look at all the different ones, yeah. different sports. To me, let's not compare what Golden State has done to what New England the Patriots have done. It's not even close with the way that they've gone about their business. The New England Patriots, it seems to me, are all, have been in the subtraction and the addition business. In other words, they've lost key people. It hasn't mattered. They continue to go on and win and chase championships. With If you were to just evaluate the individual players, not once when they've won a championship would you say they had the most talent in the NFL, in my opinion. That, that's my opinion. You talked no. to a lot of evaluators. They are the best team. I, I, I don't think they are the best collection of talent. I think the Golden State Warriors are both. I think they have the best collection of talent as well as the best team. To be commended, I love what they've done. It is yeah. impressive, but it does not compare, in my humble opinion, to what the Patriots have done. No, and I think that's actually even more uh, even more testament to the leadership of Steve Kerr in you know, corralling all of that top talent and getting it to, you know, to all move in the same direction. I mean, you go back to the dream team, um, not talking about, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan, but the Vince Young dream team in Philly, uh, as you know, DJ, that, did, that <laughs> didn't, there. That didn't yeah. turn out so well, you know? And so it's it's something to be oh, yeah. said for the Warriors in being able to, to kind of bring all that together and move in the right direction. But I'm with you here. It's the Patriots. It's, and for a couple of reasons, Look, there's, you know, there's 47 guys out there every day. There's 53-man roster. 53 guys that you all have to have pulling in the same direction in order to achieve what they've been able to do. And look, I, I get that it's it's a little bit apples to oranges with roster construction, but we're talking about, you know, seven, eight, nine guys on an NBA roster. 
and uh, trying to deal, you know, and trying to get that and, strat- and strategize for that. But you know, the stat, the salary cap, and the and the the roster turnover oh, in New yeah, England. Oh yeah, that's a lot. The challenge. Yeah. It's 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 just it's something to uh, to marvel at. So yeah, I'm absolutely. Despite the run that the Warriors have gone, it's it's the Patriots. The fact that they had the early part of the dynasty and then they were able to stay relevant throughout and come back. And now this this latest part is probably even more impressive than the first. And the number of Super Bowl appearances is just it's, it's it's, and the, the AFC uh, Championship appearances is maybe even more that, ridiculous stupid. to me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I got to tell you one quick story before we get out of here. Um, So I took my daughter. They finished up the school year. So I took her to New York City, just kind of a little little daddy-daughter date there. We went to New York for a couple days to go catch a show. Uh, Had had a fantastic trip. But honest to goodness, true story. We are on – we're shopping um, in New York City on Fifth Avenue, but not in like a fancy store, just like a a store that a 17-year-old girl would like to shop. Sure. So we're in there. And uh, I, I start flipping through my phone because you know, I'm not buying anything. You're in here. Right. Let her uh, go look at what she wants to look at. So I'm flipping through my phone. Boom. Oakland Raiders have signed Richie Incognito. And so I'm like, wow, okay. that's Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I'm sure yeah. that's going to be something people are going to be talking about. And um, uh, fascinating story. Honest to goodness, right? This is a true story. I look up from my phone, five feet away from me in this store is Bill Romanowski, and he's wearing an Oakland Raiders visor. I'm like, I can't, I can't make this up. I immediately texted, what? immediately texted Mayock. Uh, I, I had to. I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, I went up and talked to him. I was like, hey, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't know who I was, but we had uh, a quick little conversation. What was he there. doing he was in there, myself. by the way? But yeah, Bill. Romo, Romo was in there. He he was with uh, he was with somebody that was doing some shopping. Okay. He was doing what I was doing. He All was right. kind of tagging along. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah. Romo wearing the Oakland Raiders visor uh, as they I find out they've signed Richie Incognito was priceless. That's great. Hey, by the way, did you guys go see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird or w- what show did you see? No, we went we went Frozen. We oh. went Frozen, oh, Frozen. And I okay. gotta tell you that. I would like to go back and see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. The line was a mile long there. Jeff Daniels right, and Aaron Sorkin. Uh, right uh, what a tag team. Very hey, there's cool. another tag team for you. Okay, Yeah, cool. very cool. Oh, there you go. But I'm telling you, Frozen, don't sleep on it, Rhett. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a really good play. We, we had great seats. It was, it was phenomenal. We had a good time. I'm, I'm a Broadway show guy. People don't know that. I love Broadway. Plays. There you go. You learn something new about DJ every day. And I got enough Frozen in my future with uh, the two kids under two that I'm going to wait on that. So, um. <laughs> Good luck getting that <laughs> yeah, song out of yeah, your head. Yeah, thanks. Good stuff, everybody. Today, that's man. my gift on this yeah. podcast. You're going to be singing uh, tag team back again, and then let it go. That's my gift. Okay, You're welcome, good. America. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us today. On that note, uh, Bucky will be back. Rhett, I uh, I can't thank you enough for yeah. all the the help you've given this podcast going oh, through pleasure, the draft man. process in the spring, as well as uh, helping us out here over the summer. Um, uh, it's been a great addition, and you can tell. I think the audience can tell by the preparation well, that you do. Appreciate that, man. Uh, True pro. And uh, I look forward to being back with you because uh, at the end of June, because I'm talking about maybe the best Manning Passing Academy quarterback. Oh, class I saw the lineup, ever, man. Ever uh, this year. Yeah. So we'll have some fun talking about those guys, too. Yeah, that'll definitely uh, be our annual tradition we will keep alive. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Move the Sticks podcast. Remember, you can check out all of our videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, uh, youtube.com slash nfl. 
appreciate you listening. If you haven't already subscribed, do us a favor, subscribe. And we encourage you to, to leave us a review there on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time, but uh, those do help us as we continue to climb up the, uh, the rankings there. So I appreciate you taking a little time to help us out in that regard. He's Rhett Lewis. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Hytham doing a wonderful job producing As always. Show, and uh, we'll catch you next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.